This is Decision 2023, a series of debates for Sullivan County Legislature coming to you from the Black Library in Monticello. I'm Mike Sakel, News Director for Catskills News. We'd like to thank our news partner, Mitt Hudson News. This is an opportunity to hear from candidates in the seven contested races for legislature on a number of platforms, including here at Catskills News Talk 92.5 and 94.9 and 1240 AM, plus Mitt Hudson News YouTube channel and the Catskills News Podcast. Laborers Local 17 is a proud sponsor of Decision 2023. Feel the strength of thousands of diverse tradespeople working with contractors to recruit and train highly skilled, safe, and productive laborers constructing Sullivan County's water, sewer, roadways, and energy infrastructure. Earning great wages, health care, and a pension. Feel the power of a career with Laborers Local 17. Visit liuna17.com to start on your career path today. There are two legislators unimposed in this year's election. In District 6, Legislator Louis Alvarez and District 7, Legislator Joseph Perello. I took the time to sit down with both of the candidates and ask some of the same questions heard throughout this debate series and give voters in District 6 and 7 an opportunity to hear what they have to say. We're speaking with District 6 Legislator Luis Alvarez. And uh, Louis, you've been in the legislature now, former legislative chair. How many years? It's going to be eight years. Eight years. So you're so, yes. going through your third. No, this will well, be my third term. Third term, right, going into this year uh, and this election. So uh, let's let's start with uh, the economy. You know, we, we spoke a little bit about the housing issues and and just general economic issues right now. And, you know, the legislature is looking at, the future legislature is looking at dealing with some of the changes, especially in the Medicaid disbursements uh, come this year. You know, there were some changes in the budget and all. Up till now, the legislature, when I say up to now, within the last couple of years, since the COVID pandemic, you know, you, you've, you've had a cushion. You've had an economy that also had additional funds distributed through the state, through the federal level. Uh, things look like they might very well change. I mean, are you are you concerned about that? And what, as a legislator, can you do to uh, to keep our economy strong? I am really very, very much concerned. As, um, you may know I belong both to the National Association of County and especially I'm a board member of the New York State County Association, and this is one of the topics that we speak a lot about and how it affects the uh, the county. Um, a lot of times people forget that the, uh, Sullivan County has a lot of demands, and demands, I will say, the government, the state of New York tells us, you're responsible for this, you're responsible for this, and you're responsible for this. Um, and when that happens, where's the money going to come to do that? Um, sometimes they send it back to us, like saying, you ask the taxpayers to pay for that. So um, all of these requirements that they put on a county is very stressful. So <clears throat> when you start back again, coming into the new uh, period and there's a new board, one of the first things we have to do is really look into what's coming in, what do we need, how are we going to uh, you know, divide this, how are we going to get the money to get it done. Um, mm -hmm. because we are required to, to do those things and the government puts it on us and we have to get the money to, to be able to do it. Are there any specific projects that, uh, 
You well, might be looking at that that you feel would would make a difference within the county. The Medicaid Medicare one uh, is very cost cost to the county, and to say that I know exactly what's happening right now, it, it's not correct. When they finalize the details and how much money were coming was coming back to us, then we can sit back and say we we have to do this or we have to do uh, this other portion. We have to allocate the funds for this uh, on that. So we call it. Um, at, at the county, at the county level, those are the demands they have. They put on us. Those are the requirements that the state comes in, and this is what and unfunded mandates, which unfunded. which has always been an issue. Yeah, and unfunded uh, mandates. You, know. you really don't get the picture until the last moment of the state budget and what the governor is doing and what it, and what is going to come. Now, being in the association, I have a lot of advantage to see this much before it happens, and. Um, Many times I speak to the county manager and we talk about these incidents. We see what was going on and we try to figure out how it's coming and where the money is going. And then we have to sit back and speak to the rest of the legislators and put it together so everybody understands where it's coming from. Well, how about, um, you know, some of the financial input that we get? Tourism is a big part of the economy. And so I'll ask you the question about the bed tax. Uh, there was a Big discussion. There was a percentage of the bed tax that was taken away from the original contract with the Sullivan County Visitors Association. And essentially, there's a, a chunk of money that's sitting in an account somewhere. And it seems the legislature can't can't really figure that out. I mean, what's the next step? Why, why you stop something that is working? Uh, where does this money came from? It came from the work done by the Sullivan County Visitors Association. I didn't do it. They did it. They got the money. They got us the money. They put the money in there. You may have some ideas, and we all have good ideas. We all have the same kind of ideas. Maybe I do want you to spend some of that money in all the different kind of activities. They're already doing it. Why not tell them, and I agree with Joe Perrell on this, why not go and tell them, this is what we want. Can you do this? Can you fix this for us? You're already getting the money. You already have it there. You already have the connections. Maybe you need to hire somebody else that's going to uh, actually do that for me. So... Let's see. But keep it within the SCBA? Yeah. Make a calendar of all the activities of Sullivan County run by them. Everybody comes to them and says, this is what I have. Fishing contest, this over here, this over here. Let them put that money, that extra money to promote that activity. So everybody else in Sullivan County, anybody who's sitting home right now or somebody in the city say, hey, look, they have a, a bird contest here. Uh, this guy, Perello, has birds here. Or we're going to have a fishing contest and put all of this together to bring more people into Sullivan County so we can get more in, more money into Sullivan County. Are you in support of the, you know, a couple of the main focuses that seem to be right now is the Route 97 corridor and uh, also the rail trail projects? I mean, that currently the way the legislators have been operating, those are two really high profile tourist projects, tourist attractions. Would you continue with that? Yes, the uh, rail to trail was actually one of, one of the projects that um, was really expanded more when I was the chairman of the county. That's that's how it started. Uh, we were, uh, in that, that time with Senator Bonasek, heavily involved in getting the money from the state. Now, this project that the state of New York has, it's not only including Sullivan County, it's including adjacent counties to us. Actually, you can walk all the way from the city through all these trails all the way through go all the way to Albany, go all the way to Buffalo. And a lot of people don't realize that that is happening. Uh, and more than you can imagine, a lot of the people 
uh, in New York State love doing that, and it's very well. People even write books about uh, their their experience in walking that. Yes, I'm very, very much a promoter of it. Route 97, I lived it. Mm-hmm. In all the years that I worked for the for the sheriff department, that was one of the routes I always travel, and it is amazing to turn around. I, I remember, like, it could be some incident, like I remember going to uh, Lander's uh, campground because there were so many Hispanics there and the food and the cooking, and everybody comes from the city and they want to come up to Route 97, they want to use our camps, they want to use our facility. Why not promote it? Now, why not bring money into the county? Let's talk a little bit about the opioid and, and substance misuse problem, um, something you're well-versed in as a former uh, Sullivan County Sheriff's deputy Sheriff. and DARE officer for many years and all that. So, um, you know, the legislature, again, just released a lot of those opioid settlement funds. There was a lot of debate, a lot of debate on what should be targeted, who should be targeted, how it should work. They have been dispersed to various agencies. So what's the next step as as a legislator in, in terms of overseeing all these projects? You know, this, this project started with uh, Dan, uh, which actually the um, Albany assist, uh, deputy uh, County executive. Uh, he's asking an attorney, is also running right now. Also, uh, he'll. I was the chairman of the county, and I got a call from uh, Steve Aquarium from the New York State County Association, telling me, "Do we want to participate in this?" And he told me the whole story behind it. So all the way from the beginning, I knew what the story and why it was going through. In terms of the settlement funds, yes, so the settlement yeah. funds. What yeah. I believe very strongly, and I didn't realize this until the years. How for twenty years I taught in the schools. And mm-hmm. I had the kids, and it starts in fifth grade, but a DARE officer is continuously in the school with the kids, and you were involved with the kids, and you listened to the kids. It wasn't until now, as a legislator, in the last four or five years, that more and more of my students are coming and saying, thank you so much for what you taught me. And then you have some of them that will come back and say, I should have listened to you. And there's some of them that I lost, and I've seen them. But I think, not because somebody's telling me, I think because I'm living it, when they come to me and they talk to me, I'm a state trooper. I'm a deputy sheriff. The kid is a deputy sheriff um, at right now, and he shows me a picture of him and me when he graduated from fifth grade. So does it tell you that they're listening to what you're saying? It's the way you portray the message. It's the way how you tell them. It's how you, you show the example. I remember when Mike says, if you're a DARE officer, please don't go to a bar and drink. And you, you really have to remember to stay within that premises to be the person mm-hmm. that they can look at and, and follow in your steps. But I lived it and I'm still living it. And I still get the kids coming to me, the ones that say, thank you. And the other ones said, so I do believe, strongly believe in more education in, in advance. And then through the obvious committees together, everybody see what else do we need? What else can we do? We have to stop them from being bringing the drugs into here. We have to get treatments for them so they can cure them we got to give them a reason in the future so they can look at it. All of this has to be worked together among, among ourselves and use the money for that. we got the money. Let's use it. Well, so recently the county finally got its height of de- designation. Yes. And that was, you know, big news. Yes. The high-intensity drug trafficking area. Um, how does law enforcement play a role in this? I know it's a, it's a broad question, but... You know, now with that and and additional funds, and I know there's been support from the legislature, of course, for the Sullivan County Sheriff's Office. Um, 
What's their role in battling this problem? And, and overall, um, battling this problem gives the, the, the law enforcement agencies a way of all of them working together. This is Sullivan County. That means that Liberty PD, Monticello PD, Baltimore PD, the federal government, the, um, all the different agencies that work together in this now are teamed together to share the information to know where it's coming and how it's coming. It's, um, there's a lot of more details to it involved, mm -hmm. and there's more details that some of the uh, different agencies are going to keep to themselves, but they won't tell you, but they're out there doing the job. And this will give us the fun, the equipment, and the ability to connect with all the other people of what's going on. Right, right. How about on the level of, you know, the people that are suffering from substance misuse? You know, we asked the stigma question, and stigma is always an issue. I mean, you hear that from the medical professionals, from from so many organizations that are dealing with this issue. So, I mean, what do you have any ideas on how stigma plays a role and and what it, what you can do at the stigma. at a community level to to change that? You know something, uh, stigma destroys the family. You don't probably don't see it, but. Through the years, I would have parents come to me, you know, my son is using drugs or my daughter's involved in this. Um, and his, when it comes to you being a parent, uh, I'm a father. I've got a boy and a girl and grandkids. You know, we got nine grandkids. Um, you want to see the best for them. And when this starts taking a toll on your family, when it's taking over you, there's nothing else that you're thinking other than how can I really solve this, this problem? And this can happen to any family. It doesn't really matter if it's a poor family, if it's a rich family. Um, what, you know, what drives the kid to do that or what drives a person to do that? It's a combination of things all together. So yes, the stigma does affect you. Um, I, to the parents that are out there, they're listening to this. I'm pretty sure that they can tell you they don't want this for their families. They wish that this was never there, and it does take a toll on your life. It does, it does do a number on, on, on you. Yeah. Do you think there's anything that can be done to, I mean, uh, there's work on changing the whole concept of stigma, but do you think on the local level, and even as, as a legislator, anything that can be done to, to really help that process? Yes. Yeah, there's... I, I think it's a process that we really have to go into with open eyes and work it. Is it going to be easy? It's not easy. Do I have all the answers to what has to be done? I don't have all the answers. Do we have to do something? We have to do something. We have to unite with the people, different people. There's so many people out there in this community that, that I know that are always willing to help and work um, and help the people that, that have those problems. They are. Mm -hmm. They're out there. You just got to... Yeah. How about uh, mental health and the overall, I mean, substance misuse, of course, is tied in in a certain percentage with mental health. But again, you know, the the call from a lot of the agencies here is there's just no space there. You know, the beds aren't available or that that we need to do something to better the process. So what can the legislature do about that? The, the, you know, actually, we have um, a, a good inch into it with, uh, with uh, I mean, Gunter, uh, it's a senator who's in that specific committee, um, but it's something that we do have to, there's no, no beds, no capabilities here as much as we wish we had. Um, we got to sit back on the table 
and try to put this together, it's needed. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really like, I, I like the idea of having the cops, and, and normally a police officer will know, like, this is the advantage of a local police department, like Monticello Liberty PD and the Sheriff Department. We know our community. Mm -hmm. uh, we know where the, the people are. So once you're answering to this call, in the 911, you know, the, the way the 911 works, they have records on everything that's happening. So they'll tell you in advance, this is what you're, you're going to see. Have somebody who's dealing with mental health. Have a, a caseworker. Somebody go with you to come with you, come yeah. with you and work. That's been suggested. And I think some, you know, communities are already doing that. So you'd be in favor of that, having oh. mental health professionals actually accompany law enforcement in the field? Yes. That, that kind I would of thing? be in favor of it. And like I told you, you people don't realize the work that 911 does. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they, they tell you in advance that there's been two or three domestics there. There's been so many mental health. When you go there, you're prepared in your mind what you have to do. Cops do that automatically. Once they answer a call, you're already in your mind, what am I going into? Mm -hmm. Is there a gun in that house? Is there something happening in that house? You're prepared. But more prepared is when EMS, when that ambulance call that response could be in the town of Lumberland, could be some other place. They tell you, hey, this, this guy is this way. And in advance, you know that. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be as simple as offering a person, I remember a person in one of the towns uh, wanted a cigarette. Just offering a person a cigarette was not enough to lower down and calm the person down. But the only way you can do this is through the whole system working together. You can't work it alone. Hmm. It's not going to work that way. And no, it's interesting insight. It is. How about, and because we're a little limited on time, I want to cover as many subjects as we can, but staying on, on the um, subject of you know public health and just the health system in general, were you at the recent meeting with Garnet Health yes. and the administrators there? I mean, do you feel following that meeting, aside from all the cutbacks and the, the you know adjustments that they're making, that they're committed to uh, having the, the right amount of care here in Sullivan County? You know, I'm just going to talk from experience. With, and, I, and I listen to them, and I happen to, to really agree with what they want to do and how they're doing it. And I believe in and I'm taking them on their words, and this is what mm -hmm. they're going to do. I've never known them to say something and do something else. Mm -hmm. But for all the periods of time that my wife was still alive and she was sick, going to Casco Regional Hospital um, was was something that once you got there, they, they, they knew you were coming, they were waiting for you, or once you logged in, they looked in your name, and I got an outstanding service. Uh, and I'm not the only one who's going to tell you. There's many people that you sit there and, and you see the people uh, those nurses, those personnel, um, it was more, more, how do you call it? They embrace you more faster than you would do in another hospitals in other places because the demand for the hospital is tremendously. You go to Middletown, you're going to sit there. I sat there for 12 hours waiting so they could see my wife for blood transfusion. That never happens at Casco Regional Hospital. So you're satisfied with their, their oh, sir? No. I mean, on the local level, you're. Yeah, no, no. You you're walk satisfied. in there, then, and 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 they have this um, like my wife had to shunt in her brain, so they were go on the TV and connect with Westchester County, and they had a doctor from Westchester County, and they were sharing all the information. So they have the ability to do that as as a big hospital 
but they, they're not a big hospital. They don't have specialists on the heart. So if, if I need somebody to check something on my stent, I have to go to Orange County and, and make the arrangements mm -hmm. with them. But they got the rest there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about just changing the subject here, the housing issue, because affordable housing is, you know, it's a, it's a top of mind issue, definitely. So how do you encourage more residential housing construction? I mean, how how does that work? We had another interview with Joe Perello, and, you know, he's in the business. He spoke a lot about the numbers, but as as a legislator at that level, how do you encourage that sort he, of thing? He, he's he's in the business, and I, and I tell you, he, he does he does an amazing uh, an amazing job in, in the constructions and um, and what he does there. But I gotta tell you, I don't know how the young people and people moving here. Uh, I do know for a fact in the town of Liberty, um, there's a company doing a lot of constructions um, for different people living there, and they're also. Like low income type of yes. construction, multiple housing construction. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, they have their own projects going on, but they're also like doing constructions inside the Village of Liberty and working and fixing up houses to support their, their personnel that live in Sullivan County. But it's, it's expensive. It, no. it's, it's cost of. Well, and in, the, in you know, the terms of young people, attracting young people, you want to bring young people back to Sullivan yes. County. Uh, what are some of the other things that can be done? You know, <coughs> I don't know how we can, you know, that's not something I really have so much of a knowledge of it, but I do see the need of it. Uh, if you want to bring young people here, if you want to work, work in family here, you have to have affordable housing for them. Um, and how, how do we, how do we do that? And how do we communicate this? We did, I, one of the, few things that I started when I was the chairman was the um, uh, able to get money to be building houses. And I forgot the name of the, of the of what it was. So in terms of a loan program, first-time homebuyers program? No, it was first-time, actually, first-time homebuyers, um, when it happened originally, and I can't remember how many years ago, um, I, and I know it was a friend of mine was one of the first one. He just paid off his mortgage uh, almost 20 years later. Sure, this is, yeah. But um, oh my, it, it just slipped out of my mind. But there was a group. We went to Newburgh. We learned from Newburgh how to buy houses out of no, Rushco. Uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. We, we were working on that. We've been working on that here in Sonoma County too, mm -hmm. uh, trying to yep. get it. And we get the money from different sources uh, at the same time, and we build the houses. But uh, if you're a young person starting with a new job and buying a car and doing all of this together. Uh, housing, it's almost impossible, especially if you have have kids and then you have to, you know, my son and my daughter-in-law are both professionals and I sit back and I'm like, I don't know how they do it. It's a challenge. It is definitely a challenge. We're running short on time. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other questions people have, but uh, no secret that you just went through the civil lawsuit uh, between yourself and legislature chair Rob Doherty. And, you know, I, I don't want to get into the personalities here. This has been this has been hashed out in the media. You know, people have their own opinions about this. But I do want to ask you just a more broad question as to moving forward after November. Uh, what do you think should be the prime focus of leadership in the legislature? What would you like to see? I would like to 
and, and I'm just going to go by my experience when I was the chairman of the county. One of the functions that the chairman of the county has is actually is to coordinate the different committees, listen to the committees. You take an example of Joe Perello. Um, he, he was saying we, he didn't want, he was in charge of DPW, Department of Public Work, mm. doing the roads and doing constructions. And sometimes we sit and we don't always agree. But one thing we did is if he told me he didn't want to borrow money, he didn't want to do this, and he put out his plans of how we should set, you can see that I let the committee do that. It's impossible for a person to sit as a chairman and try to run all the committees and get everything. You can't do that. So Joe says to me, why do you want to pave the roads in Fremont Center? And he says, have you ever been to the Fremont Center? Have you seen those roads? Have you seen the holes? Have you seen how the trees block the sun? Well, no, you take me. So we went up to the road, we looked at the roads, we drove. I have the experience of working for this county for 40 something years, so I know the roads. So all of these things that we have to do, go back to the committees, let the committees, let the chairman of that particular committee run his committee, make the decisions, and then let the chairman coordinate all the activities together. Come out with a plan from the beginning. I used to do that. I used to have um, the first, before we started the meeting, I used to explain to the public what we were doing. We already had plans set up and which way we were going and how we were going to do things there and follow that program and yeah. follow those ideas and open the doors to other more ideas, open it up. You know, we get elected for the people. We get elected by the people and we work for the people. So would you would you reconsider or consider going up for the chairmanship again in January? It's up to them if they want to elect me. I will consider it again and do it again. All right. District 6 legislator, Luis Alvarez. Thank you very much for this time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of Decision 2023 for Sullivan County Legislature. With us right now is District 7 legislator Joe Perello. He's uh, endorsed on both the Republican and Democratic line. Are you yes. running on any additional lines this year? No, just the uh, Republic, Republican, Republican line. I was cross-endorsed by the cross Democrats. Cross-endorsed, that's correct. And uh, now, originally, you came into the legislator legislature four years ago as a Republican? No, eight years ago. Eight years ago. This is ago. my third term. So and I'm a, I am a Republican, you yes. Are, you are a Republican. Uh what do you think was uh, really the the draw in getting your cross endorsement? I mean, what was it that well, that well the, the the folks of the town of Fallsburg in my district uh, feel and see that I do a fair job. Um, I'm not party, uh, party partisan, meaning that I don't vote with the party directly. I vote to my district what they what their needs are and my opinion and what I feel that is right for my community, and that's why I got elected for the first time. And I'm going to continue doing that going forward. Well, so let's start off with uh, with an easy question about oh, the economy. No, <laughs> um, you know Sullivan County, of course, with the COVID pandemic, uh, there was a lot of assistance that came from the state, came from from the federal yeah. government. A lot of money coming in. Yes. Uh, now this year, and it's something I, everybody has spoken about in the legislature. Uh, this year, New York State is looking to rework after the latest budget some of the Medicaid. Uh, numbers and things that could definitely affect us locally. Reflect the county, yes. Yeah. So the question is, what do you think we should do? I mean, what, what, what are your steps? What would you look at to keep the county affordable? To keep uh, keep tax increases at a minimum. Well, going forward, and, and what I see happening now in the county is that we have a, a, an influx of new residents coming to the county. Uh, our assessed values are, are, are going up. 
uh, the value of homes are going up because of, of inventory, of course, and demand. Um, also, in the last, I think it's been probably 18 months, uh, New York State changed the rules and the law about point of sale with internet sales, which actually helped our sales tax out tremendously. Uh, that really brought a lot of revenue to the county. Uh, that's where a lot of our revenue is coming from today right. is because yep. of sales tax. And you get, everybody sees it and, and sees the numbers that they're going up. Plus, the influx of uh, tourism, which helps the mom and pop stores, the local businesses. So sales tax and that uh, 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 avenue is working also for the county. <laughs> but um, overall, I think the county is good. We have a lot more s- small businesses opening up slowly. Uh, the partnership is trying to bring in industrials type of uh, jobs into the area. And um, I, I see promise in, uh, in good economics for the future of the county. I mean, at the local level, there's not a lot of control outside of, like you say, the tourism, economic development, things like that. I mean, do you, do you see anything specific that the legislature could do to really enhance that, really focus on bringing in more? Well, we could, we could, uh, we could advertise saying we have open arms for new businesses that come into our area and our district and, and different, you gotta remember each hamlet of, of, of the county, each different town has its, its unique type of, of um, what would you say? Um, uh, You're talking about zoning and-, and Well, zoning, like infrastructure, water and sewer, like South Fallsburg, town of Fallsburg has a lot of water and sewer. We have, we have a lot of infrastructure. You go more to the Western part of the county, they don't have water and sewer, so you would think, and Monticello has water and sewer also, so you would think the, the areas that have more infrastructure will get more of the commercial, as you see with Monticello and Liberty also. So the only way to attract businesses is to uh, expand our infrastructure, water and sewer, to be able to accommodate these businesses coming in. Well, so on a, on a broader question, and housing has also been talked about a lot. Right. You well, know, you know, I, I build homes also. Affordable I, housing. Okay. You know, I build homes. I, I, you build I, homes. So, so as, as so I can uh, you a lot know, of someone who knows, who knows yeah. a lot about this, you know, short-term rentals, of course, have uh, increased the economy. Tremendously. Has yes. done a lot for Sullivan County. But availability seems to be a real issue, and especially when it comes to you know, working families and young people too. Young people, yes. I mean, what what do you think are some of the things that, uh, again, the legislature or we as a county could do to make it better to to have affordable housing? Well, the first thing is number one is infrastructure. You need water and sewer to accommodate multifamily housing, um, and that can only be where it's Monticello, Liberty, Fallsburg, Mamakee. I'm sure has some infrastructure down there. Uh, but, but the second thing is the cost of building today is very expensive. So for a, a contractor or a developer to, they, they work on 20% margins, 25%, depending on what the company is, maybe even 15. By the time you get done building out that project and then figure out what the cost is to get your returns, that's, it doesn't matter if it's Working workforce development, housing, low-income housing, it still costs the same amount of money to build a, build a project. So the rents, it's, I'm, I'm terrible, sorry to say this, but it's, it's going to be expensive because to build a house today is like $120 a square foot. So if you build it a 1,500-square-foot uh, resident or an apartment or a 1,000, it's a lot of money. So to get that money back, 
it's, it's, it's going to be expensive. So what can you do? Like they did in Levittown years ago, 1960s, right? Mr. Levitt came in for the GIs coming back. They started building these small 1,200-square homes, and they were cookie-cutted homes. They were two bedrooms, on slab, and they were affordable. Could we do something like that? Yeah, you could do something like that. It would be, it'd be like first-time owners, buyers, young families going in at $150,000 a home, but with the mortgage rates and everything else. So can it be done? It can be done. But you had to find the right person. You had to give them incentives to come here. You got to give them breaks on material, labor. Maybe if the county had a piece of land that we owed and said, listen, here, build on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, how, how does the legislature itself do that? I mean, do you work with the, with the partnerships, with the economic development you work agencies? With the, yeah, you, yeah, you work with the partnership if they, if they found the developer that would, would be willing to do that. And... And it's, it's a risk to the builder also because the builder would have to build it out, either sell the project off or use it as rentals. And then in their eyes, they need to make a return on it. And, you know, what is affordable rent today? Is it $1,500 a month or is it $2,200 a month? Is it with the, with the heating, heating electric included? So there's all these different parameters, but what makes it affordable it's up to the individual on their salary. I mean, that's what it is. If a, if a person's making fifty, sixty thousand a year, fifteen hundred, two thousand a month is probably a fair rate for a family of four. So, you, I don't know what the real answer is. It was it would have to be researched out, and uh, you know, if we had a somebody who was interested in coming here to do that, I would definitely work with them. Now, the Sullivan Legislature recently agreed on those opioid settlement funds, right? That was a, a big issue and a, a discussion that went on for several weeks, actually. Correct. Um, so I, my question is, uh, you know, there was some heated discussions on focusing on education, young people versus some other uses for these funds, aside from the argument and right. the ongoing, you know, debate in the legislature. Right. I mean, what would your goals be <clears throat> well, my on, goal on funding? I mean, what do you think the, this money, and it's been allocated now. What, what do you think should happen from here? Going forward, if we get more revenue, more money from the settlement, uh, now that the money's been dispersed out there, we need to see which programs are working for the people out there. And the one that's working is the one we should, of course, give more funds to because it's working. Not every program works. Uh, it depends what age group you're going, you know, you're working for. Uh, like Louis Alvarez, he was at their office for years, and they concentrated on on fifth graders. After fifth grade, right, Louis? After fifth grade, it kind of it kind of like slips away. We need to have that continual education. We need to start it at a young age to tell children that drugs are bad, marijuana is bad, all all these types of drugs are bad, and 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 show them like they used to do years ago on Scare Straight about jail. Show them what happens when you're addicted to drugs. Show them what happens when your friends die. And, and, and you got to put a fear in them that it's bad. And if you continue that education, I don't, I don't feel that it would be the problem we have today. And plus, you know, uh, we got to give enough funds to the, um, the police departments and agencies to crack down on these drug dealers because... <laughs> They're, they're, the, they're the root of the cause, just selling the product. So uh, we got to continue educating our children and uh, 
and have some more uh, afternoon activities that keep them occupied, focused on different things, whether it's hobbies, planes, models, flying homing pigeons. It could be anything. But anything to keep them occupied, not to go in a, in a, in a wrong path and direction. Well, and, but, you know, for those individuals that unfortunately might be in that situation, I mean, we, we all hear and a lot of the local organizations talk about stigma. It's an issue. Yeah. It's an issue. And, and uh, I guess the, uh, the question is, you know, do you have any ideas on how stigma plays a role? And, and as a community, as a legislature, is, is there anything that can be done about it? I think it? People, people always feel for people. Uh, uh, I have love for everybody, and I'm sure a lot of people. But when they see people in a bad place, they always like to try to help. You could, people could only help themselves if they want to the help. And, you know, we have to have more uh, clinics so people can go and, and speak to people and, 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 and try to get support. I mean, I know, I, I, I know it is a case in, in Fallsburg, a woman's living in a tent, and I brought this up at the legislature, and my wife ran into her at, at Stewart's, and said, you know, you know, the county could help you and, and, and give you um, assistance to get out of a tent. She goes, well, I don't want to go there. They offered it to me, but the problem I have is they're going to put me in a, in a place to live where I've been clean for seven years, and I cannot be in that atmosphere. So I'd rather live in the woods than to live in a different type of housing. So what we need is for people that when they come out of these clinics, we just can't put them into a motel where there's, whether there's homeless people, it has nothing to do with, with the drugs, but there's drugs follow that, that pattern, those, those, those people, and, and they put people in those hotels that are drug addicted, and it's not fair to a person that just came out and wants to do the right thing. We need to get some kind of a safe house, I would call it, that they can go there live comfortable, be free of drugs, be monitored, get them back into the workforce, and then say, God bless you. And that's what we need to do. How does mental health play into this? Because, you know, there's, aside from the opioid abuse, the drug abuse problem, there is definitely a, a mental definitely, health I, I, there is There is a lot there's of There's a lack health. of space in Sullivan County. Yes. Uh, how do you approach that? I, and again, I, as a legislator. I, I, as a legislator, you know, it's not my profession, but I, I, I don't know how to answer I, it. You know, you just can't take a person that has mental illness and put him into a jail. It doesn't help. It doesn't work. Um, they need, I, I guess they would have to have some kind of a facility where they can help them. Like years ago, they used to have these um, hospitals. They put them in hospitals and they treated them and they, and they gave them guidance and they tried to figure out what their problems were and medicate them to fix their problems or whatever mental problems they had. Uh, it's real. I'm not really that keen on this because I don't know about a lot of it. So I would always, you know, if I don't know. Well, again, the only, the, the question is really in, in terms of what the legislature can do. I mean, in, in this case, and I know you, you've been working on the problems and again, with partnerships, community partnerships, but uh, were you in on the recent meeting with Garnett Health? Uh, yes, I was. And those administrators? Yes, yes. Uh, and, 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 and they, they enforced that they will be staying. Um, they do have plans in the future to, uh, fix, expand, or correct the problems they have. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going through a financial thing, I think, the way it sounded to me, that they're uh, trying to figure out their expenses compared to new new cost of building, and they, they might have something in the works. The, are you uh, feeling better about that? I mean, do, yeah, I do think, you I feel think, that they're I've always sincere supported, in their plan? For, I've always supported our local hospital, and that's, and that's, one, that's what happens. If you don't support locally, and they can't, 
support themselves by us supporting them, they're going to leave, just like any other store. If you got a grocery store, you don't go there to buy groceries, eventually they're going to be gone. So in my experience in, in, in Garnett Health, my father was there, my children were born there, I never had a problem with the hospital. I think they do the best they possibly can. And going forward, um, you know, they have all these other facilities now, Middletown, which specialize in cardiac and 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 and, and uh, strokes and stuff like that. So I can see why they transport all the time because they have the specialty out there. But um, we need to support our hospital. They're there for us. They say they're going to be here for us. So we need to support them. Uh we talked a little bit about tourism and the economy. There's no doubt that's a major part of our economy. Yes. Uh, I wanted to talk a little about the bed tax issue because those funds uh, were removed from the SCBA contract. Right. Um, they've been sitting in a bank account, really. And as far as I know right now, I mean, it's discussed in the legislature. It doesn't seem like there's a final, final plan. Well, we're, we're kind so, of in two different directions in two different directions with it. Um, Roberta and the Visitor Association of the county does a fine job. Um, the other legislators wanted to do, go in a little bit of a different direction about promoting, bringing uh, uh, conferences here, special events, and that's all good. And I agree to that. You know, that was my ideas also. Um, but they wanted to add another layer to the Visitor Association. Right. We have something that's working good they're doing a tremendous job. So if we have a request and we're looking to expand our, our agreement with the Visitor Association, we should ask them, to, you know, what can you do for us to make it better? So, so you we, would stay focused with I would SCBA? stay focused, absolutely. I mean, yeah. why, if it's working, it's not broken. So continue expanding off of it. So, you know, Roberta and, and, and company uh, was willing to do that. And um, we could put the money through her department if it's conventions they're looking for, hire a convention person, put them on a, a salary plus commission, use the extra monies we have for for advertising, just like the Poconos do for you know all their events in in the Poconos, and use those extra fundings to bring even more to the county. But use the visit association as a vessel to get the message across. So we're really limited on time. I have to ask you there. New legislative maps, new districts coming up, although there isn't too much of a shift within your district. But the other thing, of course, that I think everybody is thinking about is the legislative chairman. Right. So going forward, I mean, should you, you win in November, um, what kind of leadership would you like to see in the legislature? Well, uh, the last four years have been challenging. Um, uh when I was first a legislator, uh, the first four years was uh, a very uh, good period that we had. We had a lot of, we had a lot of, uh, uh, what would you say? It was peace the and communication? tranquility. Tra peace and tranquility. Was we there better communication between oh, the legislators? 100% more communication. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all got along. We had our differences. We said what we had to say, but we got the job done. Uh, when, it, when it was all said and done, we we fixed the problems, we solved it. We Listen, everybody has their own differences, their own opinion. But we didn't argue, we didn't yell at each other, we didn't get angry at each other. We worked as a group, and that's what you're supposed to work, work and do. There's supposed to be differences. You're supposed to consider each other's thoughts and, and compromise. And that's what we did four years ago. This last four years has been very challenging. 
I won't get into it, but um, I think things are going to change this time around going forward. I think there's going to be a change in the legislature. I hope that going forward that we can work together uh, as a legislature and be peaceful and listen to each other and um, move Sullivan County forward and, and to the best we can. Well, District 7 le Legislator, Joe Perello. Okay. Thank you very much for the Thank conversation you. Okay. here. Decision Goodbye, 2023. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of Decision 2023 for Sullivan County Legislature. A big thank you to our hosts, the Black Library in Monticello. I'm Mike Sakel, News Director for Catskills News. I'd also like to thank our news partner, Mid-Hudson News, and, of course, our candidates. Laborers Local 17 is a proud sponsor of Decision 2023. Visit liuna17.com to start on your career path today. You can listen to and watch these Decision 2023 debates on a number of platforms, including Catskills News Talk 92.5 and 94.9, along with 1240 AM, plus Mid-Hudson News YouTube channel and the Catskills News Podcast. Thank you for being a part of Decision 2023.